Influence Media. Is this the setup I need for my podcast? Supposedly. We'll help you out if you want, Casey. <laughs> yeah, I'll take it. Can you I'll help take me with it. my YouTube and my selfie stick I'm game? on it. I'm on and it. I'm <laughs> on it. Guys, we just heard Casey Neistat. Thank you for being with us at Influence Podcast. Uh, we're blessed. Our aim is to inspire, inform, and influence. Uh, Casey, I'll jump right into it. You're a busy guy. Um, what inspires you the most right now on a daily basis? Um, you know, I, I, I don't look far from home for inspiration. It's, it's My family is what drives everything that I do. Yep. Um, I think I've, I've got the luxury in life of having had a really... Uh, challenging time when I was when I was young and my family was young in the for me it's sort of this ever-present threat that if I let up or I slow down or I stop to catch my breath that I'm gonna go back to how it was Wow! Okay. and that is a um, that's enough of a, a scary prospect to keep me running as fast as I can we hear that a lot about entrepreneurs like the fear of going back to what we used to have or have. do you consider yourself an entrepreneur or purely creator because uh, you're obviously an entrepreneur like I mean yeah I mean you know it's funny because I, I never did consider myself an entrepreneur until I started my technology company which is a very literal um, kind of example of what it means to be an entrepreneur as a yep. tech entrepreneur I had to raise capital I built a company I sold the company yep. but understanding now what I what I do of the business I think I've always been an entrepreneur. You know, I, I haven't worked for myself since, I mean, I haven't worked for someone else since, since I was, you know, 19, 20 years old. So always being on my own and always having my own business. Yeah. And we believe at Influence, we talk about this all the time. Entrepreneurs tend to be a little bit, um, you know, transactional and people of influence, because I agree with you, I don't like the term influencers. People of influence actually uh, focus on relational relationships instead of transactional. Would you consider yourself a relational kind of guy, like focusing on relationships and building those relationships? Yeah, I think it's important. You know, I, I'm someone who, if, uh, if I don't like you or the chemistry is not there, no, I mean it. I've worked yeah. with people in the past that I don't like. It's a miserable, miserable thing, and the work always suffers. And the inverse of that is even if it's someone who maybe doesn't bring to the table as much as others, if it's someone you really, really like yeah. and someone you have really positive chemistry with, you'll always have a more fruitful business relationship with that kind of person. So, um, no, I, I value relationships in business more than maybe more than anything else. It's awesome. And speaking of relationships, we know that the phone companies love you. And they've been sending you these, you know, the phones are always, we hear Casey's got the newest phone, the newest phone, so on and so forth. What do you think the next generation of phone, and if you, tomorrow you had the ears of, which you probably do, but all these phone companies, what advice would you give them to make that kind of shift towards all these young filmmakers that are pretty much out there? Uh, what advice would you give them? Um, you know, I, I think that the hardware is there. Yeah. Like my advice wouldn't be build your hardware to do this, but my advice to, to brands as a whole is to do more to embrace the creator community. You know, I, I, I catch a lot of shit for how close I am and how willing I am to promote Samsung. Um, I think that the devices they make are great. I use their phones, but yeah. Samsung does so much to support and enable the creator community that uh, how would someone like me not stand by a company mm -hmm. like that? So that's what I really appreciate. And that's what I'd love to see more is uh, understanding that generationally we've never seen what we're seeing right now as far as just the how, how vast the ambition is among young people in the media world. And staying along the lines of uh, video filmmaking, what do you think is the future of VR? I'm really curious. I said, when I get, when I get Casey, I'm going to ask him that question. I, you know, I, I, my 
answer is a little bit contrarian Go because ahead. I, I think that VR has gigantic transformative powers looking ahead. I think that VR communicates empathy in a way that almost nothing else does, especially in the world of moving imagery. Yep. But I think that VR's scope is, is fairly limited. I see VR the same way that you might see 3D TV or you might see um, IMAX movies. Yep. Where you and I, as a viewer, uh, I like to see that, but I've got to be in the right mood for it. It's a reactionary sort of um, relationship with the content where you have to react to it and move yep. around and participate. So I don't think it will ever displace traditional media, but I do think that it, um, it, it its transformative power has yet to really be taken advantage of. And and the day that VR becomes more, let's say, mobile, uh, how would you see a young entrepreneur, young vlogger, young filmmaker incorporating it in its in its daily form onto their content they create? I don't know. I think that the camera technology affords interesting things, but as far as VR content, I think maybe the bigger question to ask is, do I see a world where somebody's going to be strapping on VR goggles every day? Um, I don't see it in the near future. I think it, it could happen, but I think that I think that it's still a little bit off. And what would be the one thing, a lot of people uh, wrote us on social media and asked us, uh, Thierry, Thierry, uh, can you ask Casey what is he looking for? And, and I think it's a genuine question. You just talked about yourself as, yes, you are an entrepreneur, you had to raise capital, so on and so forth. What would be um, a situation where you would invest in a young entrepreneur? Why and why and what situation? Well, first of all, I do. I do all the time. Um, I, I'm invested in a, a bunch of young companies right now, including two companies that I can think of where I really don't understand their product or their <laughs> Or their business plan. You're joking, Kate. 100 percent serious. No way. Um, I bet on the I bet on the jockey, not on the horse. Like when that. I meet someone who I like and I meet someone who I believe in, one of my closest friends is starting a company right now. I invested last week. Um, I have no idea what his product is or how it's going to succeed. It's not a product I would ever buy. Yep. But I believe in him. Gotcha. And he could have never even delivered that pitch. He could have just wrote me a letter, and I would have still invested. Um, so I invest in people, not in products. Love it, love it. And speaking of investing in people, what do you think is the best investment a young millennial entrepreneur could make right now in himself? Um, uh, I, I, I think it's actually the best investment a young person could make is avoid the trappings of buying anything. And I, and I mean that. We work general manager said that an hour ago. Yeah, I, you know, I think that like, a car payment is the same thing as having handcuffs and being strapped to like emoji. a hundred percent. It's, it's a, a car payment, an expensive apartment when you're 23 years old is yep. a ball and chain. Yep. You will never run. You'll always, you'll always sort of limp along stuck to that payment. So uh, somebody, somebody very smart once told me, seek poverty in your 20s. Because if you're always broke, then you know you're always making decisions based on other fact, money, on factors other than money. And I think that that's paramount. I love this. I love this. Casey, uh, thank you for being with us. It was a blessing. Thanks Influ for having me Influence here. Toronto would have never been the same uh, if it wasn't for you being here. Before I let you go, we have a thing that we did. We did it with Gary. We know you're, you're friends with Gary as well. We had him in Montreal. We have a thing called an elevator pitch. All right? Okay. And the elevator pitch is a 30-second elevator pitch where who would be the dream person that you would love to work with? Dead or alive? Dream person you would love to work with? Oh. Dead no. or alive? The dream person that I would like to work with, dead or alive. Um, 
probably 1977 Steven Spielberg. 1977 Steven Spielberg. Not Steven Spielberg today. No, 1977. Yes. I got you. So let's go back to 1977. You're walking into a hotel. He's coming out of the elevator and he says, hey, you're Casey. And you walk into that elevator and then 30 seconds, if you're down to play the game, 30 second pitch of why he should work with you. Are you up for it, Casey? Yeah, go for it. One, two, three, go. I'd say something like, yo, young Steven Spielberg, <laughs> uh, check out this dope YouTube video I made. And then I'd play for him my dope YouTube video yes. in 1977. <laughs> and he'd say, oh shit, that, I've never seen anything like yeah. that. Let's work together on my new movie called Jaws. Awesome. Guys, I think Steven Spielberg would have just invested back in 1977. I hope so. I hope so. Casey, thank you for being with us. I hope you guys got inspired, informed, and influenced. Remember, stay influential. Casey, your blessing to influence Toronto and the whole movement. Thank Th you so much thanks for, for being having with me. us. Thank you. Influence Media.